Hello, and thank you for joining us to discuss a hot topic across every industry, and particularly within healthcare human resources, and that is transformation. What does transformation mean? How is it changing and what is its future? My name is Dan Young and I'm a consultant in the healthcare practice with Whit Kiefer. And I'm proudly joined by my colleague, consultant Luke Morris uh, from California. Both Luke and I are passionate about healthcare, in particular human resources within healthcare, and are honored to have the pleasure to serve clients nationwide in many HR executive searches that Whit Kiefer conducts annually. As the COVID-19 pandemic has persisted, I hope that you and those around you continue to stay well. We know you're extremely busy in your roles, and so we feel privileged to have uh, you listening in today and taking time out of your day. Today, we're honored to be joined with three exceptional CHROs. Uh, Ani McNeil of Trinity Health, based in Michigan. Ani is a CHRO for nearly a $5 billion portfolio under Trinity with operations in Michigan and the Southeast, which include Florida and Georgia, nearly, I believe, 28,000 colleagues she supports. Aaron, Gill Aaron Gillingham of Beaumont Healthcare, also in Michigan. Uh, Beaumont is a $4.5 billion integrated health network uh, with, I believe, about 25,000 employees as well, uh, if not more, Aaron. And then last but certainly not least, Carmen Canales of Novant Healthcare uh, in North Carolina. So a five plus billion dollar integrated health network based in Winston-Salem, doing some really exciting things there with her organization. So what a, uh, what a tremendous, uh, what's so tremendous about this group, uh, honestly, uh, today is that not only are they really well versed in healthcare, but they each have deep experiences they pull from across other industries uh, as well. So making for some tremendously valuable perspective. Uh, so happy you're here with us today and we look forward to the discussion. Yes, welcome everybody. We're excited to have you here. Um, thank you, Dan, for that intro and we're about to jump into this and just want to thank you and, and we're very excited for this discussion. It's a very hot topic. It's very relevant in HR today and healthcare specifically. And we know that you're going to provide some valuable insights and some ideas for those out there in terms of this topic. Um, one of our goals with this discussion is to keep it succinct and short so that it's digestible for all of us and it, that it's of value um, to you and other healthcare leaders out there. And so um, we want to make this short. We've narrowed this down to one topic, but we do want to, to continue these discussions in the future and have sub subsequent topics and talk about more about transformation as we kind of move forward. So as Dan suggested, today's topic is transformation, the past, present, and future. And so that's really the topic we're focused on today. Um, what is transformation today and how is it changing? Um, Dan and I will talk, tackle some you know, other topics as we move forward into this and we hope these sessions will be of value to, to everyone out there. So why don't we go ahead and jump in and get started. Carmen, if we can start with you, the first question that we have is, what does transformation mean to you and your organization today? Absolutely, thank you for inviting me. You know, transformation really is about ensuring that we offer a remarkable patient experience to everyone in the communities that we're currently serving and trying to reach, that we're actively going after people and telling them about all the ways that we can support them. Um, as an HR leader specifically, it's about reviewing and revamping every way that, that we do everything in terms of supporting our team members who ultimately are taking care of our patients. Um, it, it leads us to have a really intentional focus on diversity, on inclusion, on social justice, 
on making sure that we consider every policy practice, every, every way that things have been done and being nimble and considering that people have full lives of which work is one, one, uh, one portion and how are we doing everything we can to uh, foster a resilient work environment, resilient people um, who can bring their full selves to work. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Carmen. Aaron, what about you? And uh, it's, an, it's an honor to be with um, uh, Carmen and Ani as well. Um, I agree with what Carmen has outlined in terms of the challenges and, and transformational opportunities that HR has. But I think it's, it's also important to point out that I think HR in healthcare traditionally has not been at the forefront of, of, of uh, transformation historically. And so as we bring uh, leaders from human resources uh, from other industries into healthcare, I think it has really sped up the process, catch up. Uh, to where a lot of the rest of the industry already is, um, speaking of transformation. Um, you know, we start to focus on things like, um, you know, how are we helping to uh, utilize technology in a different way, uh, really embrace, embracing analytics, uh, helping leaders really understand uh, change management and, and leading the organization through massive amounts of change that are going on within healthcare as it stands right now. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't point it almost feels like in some regards that we've been put on pause uh, for the past year uh, and that that pause is now starting to let up. Um, but there's very different challenges that are facing us going forward coming out of COVID that I think are really impacting um, how we think about transformation. Um, right now we're focused on things like organizational recovery um, and how we grow our business. Uh, and then the last piece I would add is how, uh, uh, compensation changes are going to be impacting um, healthcare as a whole going forward. Um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, what the, um, you know, the Democratic Congress and, and, and Senate now have to deal with around, you know, $15 an hour minimum wages and what that means for the organization and how do we think about all of these things. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Luke and, and Dan for inviting me. It's an honor and privilege to be with Carmen and Aaron. Uh, you know, transformation um, for me and, and for our organization is much of what Carmen and Aaron have um, already discussed. I'll add a couple points. Um, for our organization, it's how do we become more integrated? You know, how do we have a seamless delivery and drive value for our patients, their families, our communities, you know, our colleagues? Um, how do we become more efficient? How do we focus on innovation and speed uh, and customer connectivity? And ultimately within Trinity Health, our, our focus is meeting our brand promise, which is we listen, we partner, and we make it easy. And so as we think about our communities or our patients or our healthcare delivery, how are we doing that through our brand promise? And then from an HR professional thinking about the talent and the leadership within our organization, how are we delivering on that brand promise in the same way? Um, David Allrich, who is an author of a book that you may be familiar with, HR Transformation and, and Building HR from the Outside In, in one of his chapters um, says that HR transformation is not a single event, it's a new pattern of thought and behavior. And so I, I, you know, I think as we embark on transformation, whether it's HR transformation or organizational transformation, it's how do we not look at it as a single event, but a continuous change in behavior and thought. Yeah. 
you know, that's great to hear as I, as I listen to the responses in this first, as we broach the subject of transformation, right? Transformation is definitely changing in today's world um, because of the pandemic and because of the, the tasks and the strategies that we in our organizations are pursuing. And it's great to hear, you know, as I listen to the list, diversity, change management, comp restructure, customer centric, um, innovation, how do we partner better? Um, I, I, I love the thoughts around transformation and how it's changing and how we're adapting to, to do transformation in today's world. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it truly is. So we're, we're, we're transforming the transformation, right? Right before our eyes. And <laughs> right. Is that, there was a word used there that I think is so key today. Luke, you and I have talked a lot about this, but I believe Carmen, you said it was, you know, resiliency. My goodness, you know, um, from everybody around us, that that word is becoming uh, oh so important. So I think that's a great topic, and I think one we'll, we'll tackle in a later session, actually. Um, so you know, continuing on that topic, uh, we'll kind of start with you this time, Aaron, if that's okay with you. And the next question would be, you know, especially looking across the multiple industries you've worked, but but in your career. How has this concept of HR transformation changed over the course of that career? Um, uh, we'll start with you on that topic. Yeah, I remember um, probably 20 years ago uh, when I was at Walmart and we were moving from what we, what we called regional personnel managers, um, you know, which even 20 years ago, just to use the word personnel almost makes my skin crawl, uh, <laughs> or actually it does. Um, but, but I think about that and where HR has come um, as we've gone through that transformation, um, we did a tremendous amount of benchmarking. Uh, when we went through that process and partnered with all of the great organizations in terms of where they were within the more traditional HR business partner model. And that's ultimately where the organization decided to move. Um, but, you know, the transformation that I've been involved in over, over time um, since then has been more evolutionary, not revolutionary. And, and Ani's point earlier, um, you know, in terms of what transformation means for the organizations going forward is it's not gonna be an, an on and off switch uh, in terms of, of what's happening within organizations. It's gonna be an evolution. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the HR teams that are able to provide the business, the value that they need to help them achieve their objectives um, for the healthcare space um, to really put the patient at the center of everything that we do um, and that we make decisions that are value-based, culturally based um, and, uh, and, and that we're putting the right people in those roles that continue to, to fulfill the organization's mission, I think are gonna be the teams that are really going to, to show up the best um, uh, in the future. Well said, Aaron, thank you for shedding some light there. Um, Ani, what are your thoughts on that particular question? Turns out HR transformation has changed over the course of your career. I think as Aaron said, the personnel department, right, has been a haunting word um, since I stepped into HR over 20 years ago as well. And, and I remember, um, you know, joining healthcare and asking the team, what do we do? You know, what do you, what do you love to do every day? And they're like, well, we serve the people, we're the personnel department. And, you know, and serving the people is a very, it's a key role in what we do as HR leaders. Um, but in order to serve the people, we have to focus on the business aspect and make sure that we have growth and profitability. And that's, you know, over the years, HR has really shifted 
um, from, you know, just thinking about the, the value we bring in terms of our personnel um, to really broadening that and talking about, you know, talent from a reskilling perspective and how do we align talent to the organization to promote greater growth and profitability. Um, you know, and, and managing that also through our values and our mission, as, as you mentioned, Erin, um, is one, is a di it's a different way that we start to look at our work, you know, and, and looking at partnerships and relationships with external stakeholders and how do we bridge that. Um, you know, the three of us are working for competing organizations in healthcare. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't share, you know, best practices and thoughts because the person at the center of this is both our colleagues and our patients in the communities that we're serving. Um, so it's been really nice to see HR transform from being a personnel department to a department or a business unit that's driving growth and profitability for an organization. Yeah, excellent. Well, Carmen, love your thoughts on this too and see if you started in the personnel era as well. Absolutely, my thoughts are in line with that of my, my new friends and colleagues, Annie and Erin. You know, there's a, a famous article from probably 20 years ago called Why I Hate HR. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time I carried that around with me so that we would never be that. And you know, the, the points of that article really were speaking to the transactional department, which is where strategy went to die none of us do that. You know, we, we are here very much focused on enabling, empowering, supporting our workforce, using data, using the cloud, using insights to inform decisions to absolutely drive the growth and profitability of our organizations. Um, you know, I, I think about, there, there also used to be conversation about um, getting a seat at the table and HR getting a seat at the table. And, you know, I really think about it that we might just need to build a whole new table. You know, when we, again, when we think about the changing workforce, when we think about the really diverse talent that we are attracting into this field who don't end up in HR, but intentionally choose to join a people and culture function, it's to attract people from all walks of life with diverse experiences who can balance um, advocacy, the needs of individuals and the needs of the organization. It's such a, a great time to be in this field. And I also would say that for those of us who do this, most often you'll hear us talking additionally about it being an honor and a privilege. It's really a fantastic opportunity to do what we do. Would it be okay if I added one other thing? Please. Um, you know, I think you, you, you bring up a really great point and, and that is um, that seat at the table concept. And it's not just one table. Um, you know, I find myself um, involved in conversations with our competent commit organizational committee, um, you know, which is one table. Then I find myself in conversations with members of the board, uh, members of our own senior leadership team. And each one of those tables is different. Um, and, and the fact that we're invited to those tables to be able to offer a certain level of expertise um, in a certain point of view helps us really to drive the, the strategic transformation of HR and with our comp committee right now are incredibly strategic. Mm -hmm. and, and the folks that typically serve in those roles um, in a not-for-profit organization like Beaumont Health um, are, are volunteer roles, uh, first off. And, and second, um, these are usually community leaders um, that, that don't have a lot of expertise on the healthcare side. So there's, there's both the education that needs to happen um, and then there's the education around human resources that has to, has to happen as well. And so 
um, I think your point, Carmen, was really right on about the different tables. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I can share with that too, I recently was having a conversation with a colleague, and she made the comment, um, "Ani, sometimes we just have to bring our own chair." You know, because there may be, you know, a group that doesn't recognize the business value that HR brings. And so we may not be invited to that table. And so we have to not be afraid to bring our own chair to the discussion and respectfully, you know, engage um, and, and making sure that our voice from the people and culture and side of it is also heard. Awesome. I had one uh, CHRO tell me one time, they said, you know, we've been battling to get a seat at the table for years. And he said to me, you know, I like to think of myself as not only at the table, but also the light in the room. Mm. Um, I thought that was a cool way of thinking about it. And so you all have some, some brilliant uh, insights. And quick question, I know we've got a, our next bullet point that we want to ask, but since each of you have worked in multiple industries, Aaron and Carmen and the financial services, Ani and you know, automobile industries, you know, Aaron, I think maybe you mentioned earlier, perhaps uh, HR transformation in healthcare hasn't quite caught up to other industries. Just real quickly, any, any take from each of you on kind of why that might be? Go ahead, Ani. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, I think from my perspective, it's, you know, we have to serve a person, right? So there, you know, we've had this mindset about serving within a bricks and mortar type of environment and not looking outside of the walls of acute care setting. And you know the, the pandemic has really forced us to expedite our telehealth in, in not just a specific discipline of healthcare, but in all disciplines of healthcare. And so I think from you know, my, what I've seen is that we're slow on the uptick of transforming and getting to the point of innovation because we've been challenged with how are we gonna serve the person who needs to be in a bed. I couldn't agree with you more, Annie. You know, I would add that healthcare often competes with other healthcare for every single role. And as I look to uh, develop a world-class HR team, I'm looking at organizations that include healthcare, but certainly include every other industry you can imagine. Uh, again, I'm looking for relationship managers, for strategic thinkers, for people who can take a complex concept and distill it simply and you tell a story for people who are storytellers and love to communicate. That's not necessarily what you're going to find in traditional um, healthcare HR. You know, the other thing I would say, you know, practically speaking is that healthcare organizations exist to serve the patient. And so with no bad intention, sometimes there just hasn't been the investment in a people and culture function that's needed to drive the sustainability and growth of the organization. And now there are folks like us, you know, in the room or at the various tables or at the tent or whatever it may be. And, uh, and we're really uh, turning it on its ear and considering things differently. It's exciting. It is exciting. Um, and, and one of the, it's really kind of funny too, um, you know, coming into an organization that is very traditional um, and healthcare is just traditional in, in general, um, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. Um, and so one of the things about getting a seat at the table is being able to take those really early wins um, early in your tenure as a CHRO and be able to um, look and see what other organizations are and quickly get the buy-in from others to say, would you consider this? Um, is this is this something, a direction where we should, should go? Um, and you have the experience about what all of these other organizations have learned the hard way 
Um, you think about the HR business partner model. I mean, Ulrich put that together back in the 90s. Um, and, and here I am, you know, the last three years implementing that here in this organization and then creating and continuing to transform that structure to his new model. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what's exciting about that is the fact that I can learn from everything else everyone has already gone through um, and, and then take the things that really work well um, and, and move that much further along that much more quickly. Yeah, oh, fantastic. You know, great discussion. You know, it's, <clears throat> I, I love the evolution that, you know, we in healthcare and HR are in, uh, in the midst of, in terms of transforming. And, you know, that concept of party planner personnel to strategic partner and how we're creating, you know, building a table, um, getting that seat, you know, and maybe now in today's world, right, it's getting my square in the Hollywood squares and my rectangle in the Hollywood squares, whatever it is, um, you know, at the table <laughs> in that sense. Well, I think this leads us to our last question that we have for this group, which, you know, is really about the future of transformation and where is transformation headed? Um, Ani, maybe we can start with you. Sure. I, um, you know, I think for HR, it's continuing to evaluate our relevance against the outcomes of the organization, you know, and, and always being on that continuous journey to, to reevaluate it. Um, and, and what I mean by that is how is HR contributing to the talent within the organization, the leadership, the culture, um, you know, how well are we investing in, in improving um, the practice of our talent? I think Carmen, you know, when you talked about the, you know, hiring outside of our traditional roles, it's looking, you know, going to places we don't traditionally go to within HR um, to hire, both internally within our HR profession, but also within our entire workforce. How are we bringing in different mindsets? That's really what creates a diverse um, workforce, but also one that is inclusive. Um, and so just challenging the status quo with our business leaders to continue to do that. Um, but I also think that, you know, the pandemic has taught us some really great lessons. So it has had definitely the challenges, um, both personally and professionally, um, for all of us across the world. But I, I think the lesson that it has left for me is that there's nothing that we can't do. You know, we, we have... Um, pushed the boundaries of our limits with looking at um, work, you know, adapting to, to shifts in work from, you know, hours and days or days and weeks that would have, you know, traditionally have taken us months and years um, to do, right? But we, we didn't have that luxury of time. And so we, we made it happen. And for healthcare, that's huge, right? Uh, because we're, we're traditionally thought of, you know, speed is not our, our best <laughs> quality. So um, doing that, and I, I think, you know, we're, we're not out of the woods um, in the, with the pandemic yet. So it's how do we continue to look at our systems and how do we continue to, to develop greater transformation? Um, because we still have to solve the issue of our virtual work environment and how we're going to be, you know, um, training leaders to be accepting 
of, of having a virtual work environment or learning how to manage performance, build skill, build relationship and teamwork. I mean, all the things that are important that, you know, we ask leaders to do, you know, purposeful rounding, right, is, is a very big component in healthcare. And, you know, Studer um, focuses a great deal on, um, those principles, or even from a Six Sigma perspective, going to the Gemba, you know, walking to the unit and going to the Gemba. So how do we, how do we still create that um, connection in a virtual environment? So, you know, I, I think that our organizations have to continue to be flexible, nimble, um, adapt, and, and focus on speed. We need to, you know, listen more um, you know, our, our brand promise at Trinity was developed prior to the pandemic, but as I think through it and, and challenge our teams to say, how are we going to listen? How are we going to partner? And how are we going to make it easy? Not just for us as HR professionals through our transactional or consultative work, but how are we going to make it easy for everyone? Yeah, great. Harmon, your thoughts? Annie, once again, I just, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, um, as I think about what this has really highlighted for us at Novant Health, it makes me really proud to think of all of the ways that we have responded quickly where that may not have been a strength in the HR space or other spaces uh, for all the reasons that we've talked about. Um, but also I would say, so we're not going back, you know, so now that we've shown that we can do it, we all need to be nimble and increase our speed to market. I am really fascinated and excited about and concerned about how all of this affects people as individuals. And so I think that what we've seen is we can continue to attract a workforce that may not be you know, down the block. They might be in another place and they can get online and, and work just fine and it's seamless. I also worry about the person never leaving their home office and disconnecting because every time you walk by, you think, well, I could do one more thing. And so, you know, where I, I really have on my mind, the resilience of a workforce, um, it's on my mind how many women during the past year have really had to choose between uh, starting a, you know, a team's meeting for their child, trying to do remote schooling in between meetings and people who've walked away, away from that. And again, the disproportionate impact that that has on, on talent based on class, on access, on, you know, whatever it may be, on how many laptops are in the household. So, uh, again, I just think it continues to present us with new layers of opportunity. I know we can do it, but it will require us to continue to have really forward thinking, again, to use data, to use the cloud, to inform our decisions, to enable the great things that we can do, to creatively attract folks, and to retain and engage folks who have been so loyal and committed and, and in this field and came in for all the right reasons. How do we bring them along on the journey as well and, and keep them engaged? Thank you. Aaron, your thoughts on the future? Gosh, I, I don't know how much more I could add to uh, both, um, both comments. Uh, I completely agree. Um, there's a couple of, of areas that we haven't touched on a whole lot today, um, and that is in the area of mergers and acquisitions. Um, for, for one, I, I think as we start to move forward out of the pandemic and we move into the vaccination phase and then forward, I think there's going to be a lot of health systems out there that are going to come out of this process damaged financially. Um, and, I, and I think that this will probably cause a tremendous amount of opportunity for M&A work uh, to happen. 
And, uh, and I think it will accelerate, uh, the M&A work will be accelerated much like it was during the 1980s when, when you think about the uh, savings and loan banks and, and uh, you know, what happened then. And that, uh, I think, will speed the process for human resources and will stress human resources greatly to be able to manage the business that's going on right now. Um, and then try to have to manage M&A work that may be um, coming down the pike as well, because it's, it's very different skill sets for, for the human resources teams to be able to manage through that and, and to be able to effectively counsel the business in terms of what's happening on the mergers and acquisition sides, but keep the lights on at the same time for the rest of the organization. Um, I too, um, uh, Carmen, am worried about our employees, um, our associates, um, you know, our, our colleagues. Um, one of the things that we've noticed through the entire pandemic is that our employees, you know, our 34,000 employees are not taking care of themselves. Um, you know, we look at claims data um, across our, our health plan and we find that our well visits are down. Um, we find that, um, you know, people aren't getting cervical screens or, or mammographies or, um, you know, different types of, of diagnostic tests that they normally would in any given year. And I'm worrying for, for our employees that they're delaying care because they're caring for our patients and they're spending a lot of time on COVID units and, and that whole area of resilience and burnout. And, and, and I think HR has really needs to start thinking about if they're not already in terms of how we're going to manage that going forward around, forward around resilience and, and, and keeping our folks healthy. Uh, because we're seeing some really concerning things within the health plan. You know, Aaron, um, I recently looked at our employee assistance program utilization. I was curious to see, you know, how much of an increase we may have seen through the utilization. It's a pretty robust program that we have. And interestingly, it, it only kind of notched up a, a couple points. And when I spoke to our, our partner, they indicated that it's not a surprise because typically, I mean, our caregivers focus more on other people than they do themselves. And so I think it's in the next couple of months and into the next couple of years that we're going to start to see that fatigue really set in and, and you know, an increased number of leave of absence and, and more, more healthcare providers making the decision to step away from healthcare into other industries. Um, because of, of, of the fatigue, you know, and just extremeness of the work that they've endured. Um, you know, it's, it's what the words that we're using right now, you know, it's, it's resilience, it's also adapting. How do we, how do we help our colleagues adapt and give them other opportunities to maybe step away from providing care at the bedside but maybe it's it's doing something in education or research. Perhaps it's short term versus long term, but just giving them a break. And then, how do we thrive? You know, how do we help transform the negative and help people thrive? Um, there's just, I think, so much work that we're going to have to focus on and, and partner with others that are experts in the wellness and well-being, you know, field. Yeah, I think about. I'll oh, go ahead, Carmen. Sure, you know, I, it just makes me want to add what an exciting time to be in healthcare. I mean, I think that, that today we're talking about really the journey that, you know, we've been on and things that we've observed, especially as we've worked in other industries. But what an exciting time for thoughtful, dedicated people who may be so dedicated that they're putting themselves last 
And as an HR professional in this space, you know, really what, what a special opportunity to help folks see for themselves opportunities that they may never have considered and to name the dynamic of it, it's a lot and we can help you with that. Um, or say, you know, gee, we don't have the answer at this moment, but we're, we're all committed to this. It, it's so important and, and it matters. Mm-hmm. My takeaway here is the future is bright as I listen to the three of you. That's uh, incredible in terms of how HR has adapted and how quickly we've moved and ride and ri- have risen to the challenge. And you know, change isn't going to slow down. And there's going to be new opportunities, right, for us to challenge ourselves in new ways and really be even of more value to the organizations we serve in the future. What a what a mon- monumental opportunity and rewarding opportunity for each of you and the hundreds of amazing HR leaders out there in the country to really make a true impact on, you know, you all have said it multiple occasions on, on people. You know, this is personal, right? This is a personal thing. And, and it's, the dynamics are interesting. You know, Aaron and Ani and Carmen, you're now competing for the same talent in finance and marketing and IT where traditionally it would have, re, you know, required a relocation. All of a sudden you guys find yourselves going, oh, I can recruit that same IT person in San Francisco that you can. Uh, so um, it's really, really interesting and exciting. So um, lots more to come. I'm hearing resiliency and how we, you know, really affect our friends and associates. That's going to be a big topic we need to tackle in some future sessions and, um, you know, really start to get some meat on the bone of how do we, how do we do that? Um, There's this inverse relationship of less well-being and and more dependency on, you know, drug and alcohol. And so, you know, there's going to be this huge delta of behavioral needs, right? So, um, so thanks to each of you for doing the great work you're doing to affect this wonderful industry of healthcare, many of our friends and families. Is there anything else, Carmen, Aaron, Ani, that you'd like to just bring up here and uh, as we look to close out? I, I, hopefully I speak for the um, for Ani and, and Carmen as well, but uh, thank you so much. Everyone is experiencing the same thing right now. Um, and, and, and the power of, of working at these problems together um, is really, uh, is, is extenuated here. I agree, Erin. You know, just the opportunity to connect with like-minded HR professionals, people so interested in people and culture, uh, you know, just like everybody else, you have to, to book the time to listen to the podcast, to, you know, to connect with others, and it's so worth it. We, we really are, all of us, in this together. Yes, and I, and I think you said it well too, Carmen, we're not going back. So we're only moving forward. Thank you for having us. Thank you for tuning in. We invite you to visit wakefer.com to learn more about our expertise and leadership and view our open searches. You can follow Wakefer on our socials, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Wakefer. But Kiefer makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and the recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. Reliance on the information provided in this podcast is undertaken at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Third-party materials or the contents of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of Wikipedia.
gatekeeper assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. The Kiefer makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elements or codes that manifest contaminating or destructive properties. Kiefer expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented 